Bree was getting ready for the department's annual fitness test and left for the gym around ten. On the way downstairs, I peeked inside my daughter's room. Janny was two years younger than Ava, but already the lanky adolescent, still sleeping because it was an in-service day for teachers. My seven-year-old, Ali, was up, however, lying on the couch in the family room watching a DVD. A guy with a cowboy hat was running and shooting at, What are you watching? I asked. The Walking Dead, Ali replied. It's a TV show. Really good. There are like zombies everywhere, and these are some of the last people left alive. What happened to Cartoon Network? It closed down after the zombies showed up, Ali said, and gave me a grin that revealed the gap where he'd lost a tooth the week before. Someone on the screen shot a zombie. Someone else put an axe blade in its head. That's the best way you can kill them, Ali explained. Destroy their brains. I told him to turn that nonsense off, Nana Mama chided as she walked into the room. I don't like him watching those zombie things. I wasn't a big fan of the idea either, but Ali groaned. It's good, Nana. It's not about zombies, because they don't talk, you know. It's more about the people who are fighting them. My grandmother looked at me, and I shrugged. Annoyed at my lack of resolve, she said, Well, I'll be long gone before that bird comes to roost. Your breakfast is ready. Then we'll get the last things packed and moved to the basement. Packed and moved to the basement? I felt that squeezing sensation again when I remembered I'd promised my grandmother that I'd help her pack up the kitchen before the remodelers showed up to start. How long was that going to take? Whatever. It had to be done. I gave her a kiss on the cheek before I went into the kitchen and found my favorite breakfast waiting. Bacon, sunny-side-up eggs, toasted Portuguese bread, fried green tomatoes, and grits. One bite and I was ten again, and feeling safe because my grandmother had rescued me and brought me to live with her in Washington instead of an orphanage down in North Carolina. That's the power of a home-cooked meal. You don't get that at IHOP or McDonald's, no matter how hard they try to sell it. Alex, what time did the contractor say he was going to come? Nana Mama asked as I broke up a piece of toast, stabbed a chunk of it with a fork, and dipped it in the egg yolk. Around noon, I replied, and our contractor has a name, Billy Dupree. My grandmother used to be an inner-city high school vice principal, and even at 90-plus, she usually has a bemused, seen-it-all air about her. But that morning, she looked stressed in the way she worried her hands with her apron and glanced all around the kitchen as if trying to figure out what to do next. I put down my fork. You okay? I'm fine, Alex, she said, hesitated. I just don't know where to start. I said I'd help you, and I will, just as soon as I finish eating. Distracted, she swallowed, looked all around again, nodded. Something is bothering you, I said. It's nothing, Nana Mama replied. Just a foolish old woman who can't abide change is all.
I saw it then, understood the source of her anxiety. From the moment I set foot in this house more than thirty years ago, my grandmother's kitchen had been just that, her kitchen. This domain that she ruled with skill, humor, and unquestioned authority, with a place for everything and everything in its place. I got up, went to her, and put my arms around her, amazed at how tiny she felt. You said you wanted a new kitchen, I said. A fancy six-burner stove with a built-in griddle, the new stainless fridge, all of it. I know, she said, pressing her head into my chest. I just get sentimental, that's all. Nothing will ever be the same, Alex.